when I decided I wanted to do a weekly audio show, I knew one of the constraints needed to be a short show, something not much more than 10 minutes long. I wanted to do everything I could to stop you from saying, I just didn't have time. But I know that's a tall order. When did any of us ever have enough time? And yet, despite this common reality, the fact that we've all got the same number of hours in a day, how is it that some people just seem to get so much accomplished? I'm David Dushman. This is episode three of A Beautiful Anarchy. Let's talk about it. Without exception, the most fruitful times in my creative life, and I include my business in this because I'm making my business just like I make photographs or write books. The most fruitful times are the ones in which I hustle and work hard. Sometimes it's the work of generating ideas or connecting to my audience. Other times it's getting the new website done, the new book written, or the new client project off the ground. If we all had nothing else to do and no other complications in our lives, this would be hard enough. But add life into the mix, kids, spouses, running a household, and all the other distractions, and you can be forgiven for thinking it's a miracle we get anything done at all. I want to help you find that miracle more often. Time is a resource, and not only can it be managed better, but I think if we valued it more, we would be less flippant about the way we use it. Remember that old adage, time is money. It's rubbish. Time isn't money. It's so, so much more valuable. Money you can borrow, save, hide under the mattress. But time? Time just keeps slipping by. That makes it even more important that we discuss this. One of the things I hear frequently, almost weekly, from creative people struggling to do their varied things and make art with their lives is this question, how do you find the time? You don't find time any more than you find money. Leftover time is about as common as leftover money, which is why financial people will tell you time and time again to pay yourself first and put X percentage of money into your savings first before you start spending it. Because they know if you save what is left over, there won't be any leftover ever. It just doesn't happen. We spend what we have, and if we get a raise, our appetites expand, and we spend that too. The same is true of time. If you need time to do this or that, it has to be made. First, you have got to accept that there are only so many hours in the day. If possible, count the hours available to you. Look, I don't have kids. I have no pets. I have no houseplants. I have nothing that depends on me for its survival. So I have more hours available to me than you might. That doesn't matter. We're not comparing because you are not me. How many hours do you have? Whatever the number, the next question is this. Do you need more? If the answer is yes, then you've got to start trimming. Right now, we delegate the biweekly cleaning of our home. We pay someone to do a better job than we would do in less time for about $100. Yeah, it's $100, but is it worth $100 to free up a couple of hours of your week? Could you do something in those two hours that would make you more than $100 or something that would give you more than $100 worth of pleasure? I guarantee you could. It's the same with our lawn. Every two weeks, my gardener comes and does a far better job than I could, leaving me with two more hours instead of being back there killing plants. You've got to free your time. Could your kids do some of the laundry? 
I mean, they got to learn eventually, right? What about the dishes? If you're the cook in the family, what about asking your partner to cook dinner a couple nights a week so you can gain an extra hour or two? If that terrifies you because you know he would accidentally poison you all, then be creative about it. Make twice as much as you need occasionally and freeze half of it to be reheated later by anyone in the family that can reach the microwave. You've got to be ruthless about reclaiming bigger pieces of your week if you want bigger pieces in which to create and get things done. On the same note, look at your day and see where you're losing valuable blocks of time. You need blocks, not small pieces that are broken up by this and that and a few minutes here on social media and a quick check of the email followed by replying to that unexpected note that you really need to deal with. If you want more meaningful time, you've got to batch the small stuff. If it's email, give it 30 minutes at the end of the day. Same with social media and turn it off for the rest of the day. No notifications, no cheating. If it's super, super important, then check in on it while you're eating lunch. But those big blocks of time are necessary. They are really important because you can't get anything done in the little snippets that are left over. Most people get nothing done because their available time gets cut up into pieces that are too small to use meaningfully. This concept alone has changed the way that I work and has made me far more productive. I apply it on a daily basis and weekly or even monthly as well. If I need a day to do something, I do only that thing. If I need a week or a month, like for writing a book, I make sure that the largest uninterrupted chunks of my day during that time are given to that one thing. If I'm working on a book and I need August to do it, I schedule no travel and minimal social calls in August and I get it done. The reason you put these big blocks aside is because very few of us get nothing done in the smaller chunks. We need time to ramp up to our best creative flow and getting interrupted resets the clock. The big chunks are important. One of the best things you can do to get things done is understand which things are most important. Put them on your calendar and say no to everything else. We fill our days with so many little things, and yes, some of them are good things, but they get in the way of those things that are most important, and those things just never end up getting done. You've got to learn to say no. Do this. Sit down for one day with no distractions and make a list of the top 10 things you must do this year to start with. Start with 10 and say no to absolutely everything else that is asked of you. If a year is too big, do it for the month or the week. I do it every morning. And if you're that chronic people pleaser who feels a little piece of your soul die when you say no to someone, you don't have to say no and leave it at that. You don't have to be blunt. You don't have to be a jerk. Say yes, but if the question is, hey, can you get together with me for coffee and you don't have the time because you've blocked it off for being creative and doing your thing, the answer is yes. But can we do it in September because I am completely booked for August? How's September the 1st at 3 p.m.? And then you lock it in. You're not lying. You are booked. Now go do your work with the time that you have so jealously carved out and guarded. Another way to look at this is through the Big Rocks First filter. This changed my life when I first understood it and began to put it into practice. The idea is this. Imagine you've got a jar in front of you. Also in front of you is a bowl of sand, a bowl of gravel, and a bowl with larger rocks. 
Now imagine that I ask you to get it all into the jar. You look at the jar and you think, there is no way it's all getting in there. You might be right, but there's no way to know until you try. So let me skip ahead to the end. The only way to do it is to start with the big rocks first. Get those in there, then put the gravel in, that settles in around the larger stones, and then pour the sand in, which also finds room in the spaces left between the other rocks. And yeah, you might have a little bit of sand left over, but if you did it any other way, you'd find you had much more left over, including many of the larger rocks. They just wouldn't fit in if you poured the sand in first. Now I want you to imagine the size of the rocks, gravel, and the grains of sand represent the most important stuff in your life. The larger the stone, the more important it is to you. And the jar represents the time that's available to all of us. The whole thing might represent a day, a month, a year. It might even represent your whole life. One thing is certain. You will not get the important stuff in it if you leave it for last. It never happens, not with money, not with time. Every day, week, month, or year, I am thinking about what my big rocks are. I'm putting them in first. And no, they don't always fit. Life can be like that. But at least I know right away that big rock isn't going to fit and I need to push it around a little. They don't all fit in this month, so I move one of them to the next month and I put it in the jar now. I put it onto the calendar but too many people are living this metaphor backwards. They fill their days with the trivial, the social media, the email, the stuff they're constantly reacting to. And then they get to the end of the day and realize how ah, the big stuff just never got started. The novel is no closer to being started. The clay is getting dried out. The camera still has dust on it. Figure out what your big rocks are and put them in first. So if you have to say no to anything, it's the small stuff. The email can wait. No one dies wishing they'd cleared their inbox. The same is not true of the novel they wish they had finished or started, the trip they wish they had taken, the time they wished they had spent with others. Here's another one. Make it bite-sized and do the shitty stuff first. Many of us put off the things we must do for two more reasons. The first is that the task seems large and overwhelming. The second is that, well... <laughs> We just don't want to do it. Look, I love having written a new book, but writing it, actually sitting down and writing the book, I would rather stab myself in the face with a fork. So here's what I do. First, if it's overwhelming to me, it's likely because I've not broken the task into pieces that are easy to wrap my brain around. For me, it's pieces I can accomplish in one day. Write a book? Are you kidding? No way. Writing a book can't be done in a day. It's big. It's not a, it's not a line item on a to-do list. But draft a possible outline for the book, that I can do. And once I finalize that, I can write one chapter. Or if that's too big, write one section of a chapter each day. And I put that on the calendar. I block it off. Write chapter three. As for the fact that I just don't want to do the work sometimes, well, my day goes better if I do the most onerous task first. I sit down, I grit my teeth, and I do it. Worst jobs first. If I have to return a call I don't want to deal with, and I let it hang over my head all day, my work suffers all day, and I still haven't made the call I don't want to deal with. I'm distracted and unproductive. So do the thing you don't want to do. Do the thing you loathe, get it done, and move on. It's almost never as bad as we think it is. 
And when I'm writing, those tasks get done second or third because they are not the big rocks. The big rock, when I have put it on the calendar to write a book, is the writing. The writing comes first. And my calendar has been a great way for me to stay accountable to myself and to know when things are getting done and that they are getting done. Look, I know everyone says they haven't got enough time. I don't want to be contrary, but no one does have enough time. Everyone I've ever heard say this spends plenty of time on Facebook, checks their email a hundred times a day. They have work they could be delegating or replacing with more important work and have no real sense of what things are most important to be doing. They wander through the day looking busy, hoping that the important stuff will get done in the slivers of time, the margins that are left over. None of us have enough time. You've got to make it, and you've got to be relentless about it. Put the big rocks in first. Say no to the other stuff. Look, something's got to give. Don't let it be the things that are most important to you, that feed your soul and give you joy. This doesn't come naturally to most of us, so none of us gets to blame it on a missing gene. That should give you hope. You can do this. If I can do it, you can do it. But there's a cost. You have to make some tough decisions. As I have become more and more decisive, which is a choice, not a talent, I have more time that is undistracted and productive, and that work has borne fruit. Creative people create things. We make, we do, and we need time in which to do it while still living out the details of our lives. That time, if we're to have it at all, is made. It is chipped out of an unchanging 24-hour block of stone, and if you don't make the most of it in that 24-hour block, of which we all have a finite and unknown number, the clock resets. As we live our moments, so we live our lives. Make this month the month that you reclaim your time. Start batching the smaller things to free up bigger spaces for those big rocks. Schedule your work and make it manageable to avoid the paralysis of being overwhelmed. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm David Dushman, and this is A Beautiful Anarchy, the podcast for everyday creators and those that want to make art with their lives as well as their hands. You can find more at abeautifulanarchy.com, including my book of the same name. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe and tune in every week. And if you got a moment, I'd be so grateful if you left a review. Thanks so much. Until next time, go make something beautiful.